0: Oh, it's anime. Yes, it's anime. Don't confuse it with canime or may I? Oh, anime. Anime licious. It's so delicious with its variety too. Oh, anime. Based on manga or oh, sometimes video games, novels and TV shows. Oh, anime. So delicious. The music reaches us in such a way to move emotionally. Oh, anime, can't you see it now? We've got everything with a zip-stop and pow. Hey, cat girl, how are you doing? Sorry, I just couldn't help notice that you were reviewing. Hey, samurai, such an oval guy. Protect the prefecture with all of your might. Hey, robot, yes, the big one. Are you keeping our safe? From the Astro Invaders Oh, anime, anime delicious Have it with your breakfast It's nutritious, oh, anime anime Anime-tastic It's something fantastic for you and me Uh, There's clever engineers Uh, But yes Time for ASO Radio And welcome ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls From the talk group of all ages To to another fantastic entry of ASO Radio I am of course your host, NZ17 Send TV3, but hopefully we'll have him on the show Within the next several weeks Uh no guarantees though, because we're really bad at keeping promises. So, episode 88. What do we have in store for you this week? Well, we have two more anime reviews. Uh don't want to give any spoilers here, but I can guarantee that one of them is getting a not recommended and one of them is getting a good recommendation, which will get rich. What am I even reviewing? Well, just so hold down to your tent and listen to some anime news first. And then, of course, we've got our hotspot featuring a couple more of our fun little commercials we've done up and a Nanda Khan interview that we did back in 2005. Anyways, plenty to do. Short time to do it in. So let's get the ball rolling with some anime news, hand-selected by yours truly. Dun-dun-dun-dun! Welcome to the evening news with Dan Weathers.
1: This is Dan Weathers recording your weekly anime news.
0: Okay, well, I initially thought we weren't going to have very much anime this week, but I was surprised. There's actually a rather interesting mix of anime news that has happened in the past week. Uh, So let's just get started with Hello Kitty. That's right. There's going to be flights done by Ava Air, the Taiwanese airline company, who will be running daily flights from Taipei to Tokyo and Taipei to Fukuoka on a Hello Kitty-themed jet complete with stewardesses wearing Hello Kitty themed uniforms, Hello Kitty themed meals, and Hello Kitty boarding passes. Pictures can be seen on the official site at avakitty.avaair.com. Animania HD, available nationally on Dish Network, will have the U.S. TV premiere of Samurai 7 on Wednesday, March 1st, 2006, at 9 p.m. Eastern Time as part of the channel's new Wednesday, Animaham Block. I think that uh, term, though, is owned by a card game. Anyways, the cable TV premiere of Samurai 7 will air on IFC on Saturday, April 1, 2006 at 10.30pm Eastern and Pacific. The half-hour series will air in conjunction with IFC's Samurai Saturdays, a weekly presentation of classic Asian martial arts themed movies. Next up, we have a uh, synopsium on anime and manga at MIT. The Massachusetts Institute of Technology will host an adca- uh, academic synopsis entitled Violence and Desire in Japanese Pop Culture on April 14th and 15th. The event will feature presentations by Donald Go- O'Donnell and professors from Duke, Tufts, Harvard, and MIT. FYE Parent Company Based for Music Land. Transworld Entertainment Corporation, parent company of FYE, your Entertainment, has a, uh, made a bid to acquire Musicland for $104 million in cash and $17.1 million in debt assumption. According to home media retailing, Transworld will convert 345 Suncoast and Shamgoody stores to its own brand and close the remainder. Yoko Ishida at KawaiiCon. KauaiCon has announced that Yoko Ishida will be a guest at the April 14th through 16th convention in Honolulu, Hawaii. Also, news for you, going to Tokyo, there's a Sailor Moon tour. Yes, that's right. Genvid has an outline for a Sailor Moon-themed three-day, four-night tour of Tokyo. The tour will visit landmarks featured in Sailor Moon anime and manga. Four Kids license is pretty cure. Al Khan, CEO of Four Kids Entertainment, announced at the ipv 2 Anime and Manga Panel, New York Comic Convention, that Four Kids is licensed pretty cure. So this long-running Match Girl series. The show will apparently run this fall on TV. No further details are available at the start, but Four Kids promise it will be unrecognizable when it airs on television. Either that or I'm indulging. MegaCon, Full Male Alchemist License. Animation announced at Megacon this weekend that they have acquired the license for the feature-length animated film Fullmetal Alchemist, The Conqueror of Sambala. No further details available, of course. New CMX manga licenses. At the New York Comic Con, CMX announced the, licensees to the following, uh, licenses to the following manga. Emma, Omakui Desu, The Recipe for Gertrude, and The Empty Empire. Also announced was Megatokyo, the popular webcomic, making CMX the third publisher to handle the Megatokyo license. Super Manga licensed by ADB. According to the March issue of Anime Insider, ADV Manga will be releasing The Sugar, A Tiny Snow Fairy Manga, this August. New Gundam Seed Anime. The first of four volumes in a special edition of Mobile Suit Gundam Sheed Destiny will be released in Japan on May 26. Mobile Suit Gundam Sea Destiny Special Edition, The Broken World, will compile the Gundam Sea Destiny TV series into four 90-minute volumes. The original series, of course, runs over 1,000 minutes. Each disc will retail for 5,040 yen and carry numerous extras, such as Destiny Collection, Phase 01, Still Image Collection. Bandai Visuals, Japanese website, for the Special Edition, has further details. A self-solicitation uh, for the upcoming Japanese Gundam Seed Destiny Special Edition DVD release includes the following statement. The Sea boom Heats Up, OAV, Mobile Suit Gundam CE-73 Stargazer currently being planned. No further details, blah, blah, blah. Zanko, Bandai, Cut Forecast. According to Bloomberg, Namco Bandai Holdings has cut its profit forecast for the 2006 fiscal year, ending March 31st by 55% to 11 billion yen. Overall, sales are expected to be 450 billion yen, 4% lower than previously forecast. The company cited the lower expected sales of Nintendo DS titles as the principal cause for the lowered forecast. Namco Bandai Holdings will also announce that it will buy out all remaining shares of Banpresto for 18.3 billion yen, a 26% premium over the current market value of Banpresto's shares. The arcade and console game manufacturer will then become a wholly owned subsidiary of Namco Bandai. The year-long 2006 New York International Children's Film Film Festival will begin on March 11th with a special screening of My Neighbor Totoro. The screening will be the East Coast premiere of Disney's new English-language Totoro dub. All attendees will receive a free Miyazaki DVD. Starting on April 1st, the festival will present films on the first weekend of every month, starting with Nausicaa the Valley of the Wind and My Neighbor Totoro on Saturday, April 1st, and Sunday, April 2nd. Tickets are $10.75 for adults and $7 for children under 12. Further information and online ticket purchasing is available at gkids.com. And on a pleasant note, preserving our history. The Fukuoka City Public Library has announced that it has produced a restored copy of Princess of Baghdad, and will be showing it in its theaters this weekend. The 48-minute black-and-white animation from 1948 is one of the first animated movies created in Japan after World War II. The movie is based on a story of the Arabian Nights. And last, the long-running story that we frequently visit here, dealing with Satsuki and May's house in the Ghibli Museum. On February 15th, IT Prefecture announced that Suzuki and May House, one of the most popular exhibits of last year's IT World Expo 2005, will reopen this July as part of the iWorld Fair Memorial Park, nicknamed Morikori Park, scheduled for open on the site of last year's World Expo. The prefecture has approximately $3.5 yen in construction and maintenance costs for the park in the 2006 budget. Aside from Shazuki and May's house, a giant ferris wheel will reopen and plans are also underway to transform the former guest house into an exhibition hall by March of next year. Satsuki and May's house is the recreation of the 1950s Showa-era home that the main characters of popular anime My Neighbor Totoro live in. The prefecture will operate the attraction for three to five years and admission fees will be charged. Adult ticket prices will be 500 yen while middle school students and younger children will be able to get in for 250 yen. Satsuki so, and May's house was so popular that its small size led to major ticket reservation headaches for Ghibli and expo organizers. Due to the small size and fine detail of the house, it was only able to accommodate 800 visitors per day. The visitors were allowed into the house in small groups on a tight schedule. Most other pavilions at IT were able to accommodate 3,000 or more visitors, however few were anywhere near as popular Satsuki and May's house. In order to control the flow of visitors for the house, Ghibli decided to distribute the tickets via Russian convenience stores, the same method the tickets to Ghibli's museum are reserved. There was no charge for reserved tickets, visitors only need to pay the regular expo admission fee. However, due to the limited duration of the pavilion, as it was open to the public for the duration of ITX Expo six months from March to September, there has been significantly more demand for the tickets than availability, and ticket scalpers turned to online auction sites such as Yahoo to sell the tickets at significantly inflated prices. When tickets went on sale March first, the tickets were sold out within five hours. Approximately 240,000 people attempted to make reservations for the 30,000 tickets available, and approximately 500 of those tickets appeared on Yahoo, despite requests from Ghibli. Yahoo refused to remove the auctions, stating that they were not against the law. Matters took a turn for the worse on April 1st, when over 600,000 requests for tickets were made, and the reservation system froze at 10 a.m. When the system came back online, it was found that all tickets had already been sold. Before the end of April, Studio Ghibli and IT Expo decided to abandon in the ticket reservation system and instead use a postcard-based lotto system to award tickets. Interested visitors had to send in a request via postcard, which must include their expo ticket number. Vouchers to visit Suzuki and May's home were awarded randomly. Thankfully, all this has been sorted out and we can move on with our lives. Hey, I know. Now let's move on to the anime review. Does it suck? Does it rock? Who knows? Anime review. Okay, I promised two reviews and I'm going to deliver them. We've got reviews of both Yurisei Yatsura and, the very long title, Genshiken Volume 1, Society for the Study of Modern Visual Culture. First up, let's review Yurisei Yatsura. Those of you not familiar with Rumiko Takahashi should immediately start your learning with Yurisei Yatsura, the first television series that was ever animated by the author. So what is your Say Well, imagine an early version of your favorite um, Rumiko Takahashi tale. And clearly your Say yet, sir, has all the elements you expect to see from Takahashi. However, unlike most of her other series, this Say yet Yatsura television series tends to be more like Looney Tunes in its episodic nature. It's a curious parallel. Um, on one hand, yet Yatsura is episodic. Things that happen in one episode generally stay within the confines of only that episode. But, on another hand, Viewer say yet, Sarah also has a running storyline beneath all that. So each episode contributes to the skeleton, if you will, of the story, while individual episodes just branch out on their own in whichever way they seem fit. So... How did I enjoy this? Well, first of all, like I said, this shows a lot like Looney Tunes in more than one way. Another way is that the animation quality is highly superb. This show came out a a very long time ago, 1981. As a matter of fact, that was before I even existed, and what a miserable time period that was. But, ever since then, we've had plenty of great anime to watch that Atse was the first of these to go and end the uh, era. Yes, yes, uh, exactly. No. Uh, Yosei Atse, great show because it has this high animation quality. You don't even see an anime today, right? Most anime today, what do you get? You're going to get a face that's either looking straight at the camera or to the side, and all you're getting is a little triangle flapping open and closed when a character talks. Urisei Yatsura takes the animation to a whole other level, something that hasn't been done in a long time, partially because we're using computer-aided animation these days instead of hand-drawing it, and also because of smaller budgets and less willingness to go and put the full effort into this. Urisei Atsura uses fully animated characters instead of just a mouth or the hair moving or whatever, so you get the full effect. When somebody's talking, their hair is moving, their eyes are blinking, their mouth is actually making mouth shapes and sound shapes, in order to go and express itself instead of just merely flapping open and closed. Uh, interestingly enough, though, Ursa Sura, it was chosen by the Anamigo company, the uh, distributor of it in North America, to only release its subtitles on DVD. Very interesting choice because um, most DVDs these days come dubbed in English, as well as optionally subtitled in other languages and sometimes dubbed in other languages as Evangelion. But your at Sur's dub is of such exceptional quality in its original Japanese that I have a hard time imagining that an English voice cast could go and give it due work. Granted, it could be very well possible for such a thing to happen, but um, it has to have a really good ADR director and very specific hand-picked actors and actresses in order to go and pull off all these roles well because it has very fluid animated lively nature to all of the characters but they um, so on the one hand you've got it smooth but on the other hand you've also got it chunky these characters have to go and deliver a nice sweet soft little voice and then they have to go really crazy when somebody goes and upsets them and then oh I'm so sorry I didn't mean to hurt you you got to really flow from one to another while we're all staying in character, and uh, all the voice actors manage to do this really well. Um, it starts off strong. There's four episodes of episodes one through four that we're reviewing. The first two start off really strong. Um, it's actually interesting because um, this isn't your typical like 25 minute anime show. It has uh, each episode. There's two smaller episodes within it. So think of it as each episode lasting about 12 minutes instead of one larger one. So even though there is quote unquote four episodes, you're really getting eight because they're all, if you will, half episodes. So uh, you get a lot of bang for your buck. Um, The first whole bunch fell off well. Uh, they introduce Ram. they introduce the story of how the Oni are planning on taking over Earth. There's uh, only one champion that was chosen by the Oni to take on their warrior. His name? Uh, Taru Moraboshi. He's very legitimate, loves the ladies, but more loves the features of the ladies. And he has been chosen, of all the people, to defend Earth from Ram, the Oni's chosen champion. Well, I don't want to spoil too much, but suffice to say that um, Taru does manage to go and stop Rum. However, during the match, Taru was speaking of his betrothal to his girlfriend, and one overheard, thinking that it was rather a betrothal to her that he was proposing, and gladly accepted, especially since marriage proposals and marriage are a wholly binding thing which uh, cannot be undone on her planet. Or so, we believe. Um, and as a result, all of the people in attendance around them also heard, further cementing this um, unexpected marriage, and it was expected to be a goodwill between the Oni and the Earth people. Um, and as a result, Ataru is rather stuck between his childhood love and this Lady Come Lightly. So, it's a very wild setup, but... You don't even need to know any of that. You could entirely skip the first episode and be completely fine with everything that's going on in this series because, like I said, it has that Looney Tunes-like quality where you can watch one episode separate from the others and still get the full enjoyment. Now, like I said, the first several episodes had a very nice, strong showing, uh, but the later ones tapered down a good bit. So I can't go and give this one a highly recommended, but I am going to give Volume 1 of Yorosei Yatsura a recommended. Okay, well, if I gave that one a recommended, that means that I have another one which is going to get a not recommended, and that one, ladies, gentlemen, and children of all ages, is Denshiken Volume 1, Society for the Study of Modern Visual Culture. Oh, the premise is good enough. Let's go and make an anime about anime otaku. <laughs> yeah, uh, need to stop doing these shows when I'm so tired. Let's make an, as a premise, is making an anime all about the otaku life. The anime obsessive uh, otaku. And unfortunately, um, obsessive people are as boring as they are in anime as they are in real life. The show is trying to take more of a serious, um, how to put it, um, try to go and present it as close to life as can be. Unfortunately, though, uh, in the due process of this, trying to make it like a documentary uh, makes it rather boring. Now, granted, some of the characters and their ways are a bit exaggerated at times, But, it's not exactly, um, it doesn't quite go far enough to keep you enthralled. And even the anime within an anime, uh, that they're all watching, isn't even worthwhile. It's called Kujibiki Unbalanced. It's supposed to be an anime incorporating all the stereotypical things of anime. And like most shows, which are supposed to be parroting one thing or another, they just end up falling off flat if not executed properly, and this one is unfortunately not an exception. Um, so all I can say is that it's a really boring show. You've got, you know, there's this chick, you know, acts too cool for school, ends up falling for this guy. He turns out to be this big otaku. She doesn't, um, she she, liked, she wants to be with them because, you know, she knew them when they were young, Uh, She thinks he's good-looking, but she just can't get over his uh, obsession with anime. And uh, this Genshiken was so boring that I could not even watch a full episode. I decided, well, okay, a lot of times, you know, the opening episodes are boring. So I skipped the opening episode um, and jumped into a later one, but it still did not do any good to alleviate the problems. Uh, I have to give mad props, though, to the English voice cast, though the subject matter may be droll. They all executed very well. Especially impressive was uh, karaoke in Japanese. Very well executed by uh, native English speakers, I must say. So, very impressive work from the English dub cast, but unfortunately, anime works dubbing is not going to save this at all. So I'm going to have to go and give Genshin Ken I'm not recommended. All right. Well, um, now that we've gotten all of the business out of the way, it's time to jump into the fan mail, have ourselves a little interview time, and then play some funny commercials. So without further ado, fan mail. Fan mail, fan mail,
1: fan mail, fan mail, fan mail, fan mail, fan mail.
0: Fan mail. Okay, so, we don't have any fan this episode. It's tragic, I know, but sometimes it does happen. I thought I'd take this opportunity then to go and share with you some interesting statistics. Now, I know the words interesting and statistics are mortal enemies who constantly battle each other out every day on the astral plane and here in the mortal realm as well. However, um, I find these interesting. Uh, first up on MSN, Aisha Radio is ranked number three for the search term anime radio. On Yahoo, we're ranked number five for anime podcast and number two for anime radio. Very awesome. Um, And on Google, we are ranked number six for anime radio. So we are steadily moving ourselves up the ranks Like, right up next to the top on Yahoo, right up next to the top on MSN. Things are really, really, really awesome, because the higher we get placed in those search results, the more people we get listening to ASA radio. So, if you have a website, please link to us. If you have a um, forum that you're a member of, go and link to us in your signature. Every little bit helps. And, of course, um, it helps to mention that we're we're an anime radio program, or, if you will, an anime podcast, uh, so people know what you're talking about. Anyways, I appreciate all the links that we get on the show. Uh, So, since we don't have any fan mail to do, I suppose that that means that, once again, it is time for me to issue forth a fan mail topic. So... This week's fan mail topic is on the subject of... Um, hmm, Something good, something good. Okay, how about this? What is your favorite anime that is over 10 years old? Okay, so anything that came out for 1996 is eligible. So go ahead, jump to the ASO radio site, click on communications, click on fan mail, send us a piece of fan mail telling us what your favorite anime is that came out 1996 or earlier. Okay, so, um, okay, alright. One other thing for the fan mail. I've got my little time in the sun, if you will. I wanted to take this time to say that I am really enjoying Full Metal Alchemist. Those in the U.S., well, to episode number 49 out of a 52-episode series. That's right. The latest episode that's coming up, we just finished 48, we're going towards 49, four episodes left, and this show is just not let up. It is just being very, very awesome. Uh, They're trying to go, uh, the show's been really thick and heavy, as it were, with the drama and plot lately, so they're trying to introduce a few more um, of the comedic elements that were earlier on in the series. It feels a little bit out of place, but it does give you that warm, homey feeling and kind of the thought of things are going full circle. Um, Of course, we do also believe in going full circle here at ASO Radio, so this episode is going to be only nine minutes long, just like our very first episode. Oh, we're already over nine minutes. Okay, well, in that case, uh, we will uh, instead continue on the circle, the great circle in the sky of, um, doing our anime interviews. So, without further ado, let's jump over to the hotspot and feature the second half of our interview with Trevor Duvall from NandesuCon 2005. Come right up and spin the wheel to a hot spot. Alright, well, I suppose no further introduction is necessary. If you're just joining us, uh, didn't listen to the last episode that is to say, uh, we're going to now feature uh, the second half of our interview was covered a ball. First half is in 87. If you missed it, go back, take a listen, and then you can pick right back up with uh, this episode and finish listening to our interview as a whole. I believe that we have only one more interview left, and so this is going to be our like third to last um, episode with NDK interviews. And after that, we're going to switch things back up with our randomness, which is supposed to be a hot spot. So, anyways, ladies and gentlemen, covered the ball. Okay, so speaking of, you know, kind of cool characters and whatnot, um, so I like how like, every show it seems you play four or five different mm-hmm. characters, they're all minor, but they don't add up. So. <laughs> um, as I was going to say to uh, one of our later interviews, you've been just of this background mm-hmm. is in a way you end up being kind of the voice of the show you're not the main character but you're all of the supporting task yeah. and so you kind of become the voice of you know yeah. the world in a way yeah. it's like Master Keaton mm-hmm. you know you play students in there a conductor a reporter this guy named Franco mm-hmm. and so I mean you know Keaton's you know, fun- kind of cool too and it's all that stuff. yeah that wasn't cho- in fact I was second
1: choice for, for Master Keaton they gave yeah. it to uh, they gave it to Ted at the last minute but uh he's great he's great
0: and so you're like, oh, congratulations. Yeah. No,
1: no, 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 it was, it, there was no, I mean that's the, that's the great thing about the voice world, too, is that we don't really, we don't have the same kind of competitive, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely, especially in Vancouver. There's only a handful of us that do all the work, and it's like a family. So when someone gets something and you don't, it's like, oh, that's cool, man, awesome. Uh, you know, I'll get one down the road, and you'll get one, and everybody, and there's enough work to go around, so. It's not like, oh, I could have a message, no, can't, no, oh, you know.
0: Um,
1: but uh, Master Keaton was really fun to work on because we got a chance to do all kinds of accents, right? Because the character's going around the world. And that's pretty rare. It's pretty rare in any show where we get to do accents of any kind other than the, you know, standard American accent, you know? <laughs> and
0: honestly, it's great fun doing it. Oh, absolutely,
1: man. and And any chance any chance we get to do that is just like a gift so that was a great show but yeah in terms of being the voice of the show that's a that's a wonderful way to look at it I think I'm going to steal that from all the music here. no 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 in
0: this world you're not stealing you're exploring. that's right that's
1: right I'm, I'm, I'm uh, enhancing there you go building upon the work
0: of others. that's
1: right now it is and doing incidental characters is great I mean I've, in, the, in the shows that I've played leads on it's fun it's great uh, it's great to be a lead but um I really enjoy the, the little characters, and I really enjoy the wall sessions, and I really enjoy going in and, and playing ten different people in, in an episode, because uh, it keeps me fresh. It keeps me uh, sharp. You know, if i got to go in and they say, okay, we need you to play this 45-year-old uh, sergeant. He's got three lines, and then he blows up. It's like, okay, great. What does he look like? Well, he looks like this. I'm going to this a this here, you know, and then... You know, it's just it's awesome. So much fun. And it keeps you sharp. And in Vancouver... Uh, there's this new misconception it seems with the casting directors that once you sort of move on to the pre-lay series, the real work, as they call it, that, that they assume you don't want to go back and do Wall anymore. And I remember I said to one director I one of see, I was like, you know, I haven't been for Walla in a long time. I so, said, you know, well, I mean, you're, you're a pre-lay guy now. And I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> no no. no, no. Walla is where I cut my teeth, and I, you know, any chance I get to go in there and do it, I love it. I love it. It's so much fun. So there is no such thing as a small role you know it's well, it well isn't it any can't, small you role. can't
0: be the voice that launched a thousand shows <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly.
1: Uh, the voice that launched it I like that too okay. you got a million of them <laughs>
0: now um, I'm sure you get a lot of questions about uh, playing the role of Shiro ah uh, uh, mm-hmm. yes um, but I'm not asking about the original show I like which I out to myself but I watch like, so you know what uh, this guy, you know, all of everybody completely out of water. Mm-hmm. He's a pretty... Uh, Soul Taker. Oh, yes, yeah, Soul uh, Taker. Completely different. Mm-hmm. Movie, mm-hmm. You know, what better to make a pity of magical girls than take these guys from this dark tone. He's in here. I And throw a nice hero in there. You know, he's got his scarred, pretty spiky hair. And, you know, I could not see a guy sing this, oh, uh, there but I could see them ending falling in it in the world, you know. And so I thought you did a really great job. Oh, uh Because the series is almost like a Jekyll and Hyde thing. The first half mm-hmm. is completely different from the second half of the series. Mm-hmm. And in the first half, I thought you did a really great job of like, you know, here's this co-movie and she's a it and she's not getting her work done and, you know, you're getting irritated but you're a cool cat. <laughs> so you're trying to keep your cool and then it's like, get in the movie there and do your own! Why do I have to wear the yeah, yeah. And uh, that was just really awesome. So <laughs> well, thank you. You give us a Yeah, that, was...
1: yeah, that, uh, that show, um, I thought the concept was genius that they took these characters from Soul Trigger. And Soul Trigger was a dark show. I mean, it was like really, really intensely dark. Uh, I loved it. It was really weird, too, but uh, like really, really dark stuff. So when they took these characters... It's
0: dark as the underside of the belly of the rock of an onyx stone under the moon. <laughs>
1: yeah, something like that. <laughs> uh, so, when they told us that they were doing the show, uh, my agent called and he said, Yeah, they're doing, an, I don't know, a sequel to Soul Taker or something. I said, Oh, great, we get to go back to that dark place. <laughs> so, of the course...
0: we loved it. Yes, that's right. Exactly, exactly. That's right. Uh,
1: but, uh, of course, we quickly figured out this wasn't a sequel. Uh, but it was utterly unlike I'd, anything I'd ever done before to take characters from one genre and transplant them into a completely different genre. I yes. thought that was so smart. And I must confess, I didn't really understand a lot of the humor in this Witch Komugi really be, because uh, I haven't really seen a whole lot of anime, and I think you kind of have to in order to yeah, get... There's so a lot of Japanese
0: cultural fiction. Yeah, absolutely. Like There's a little emotion contact yeah. here in, like, the second
1: episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I, I didn't really understand a lot of it, but... Um, and it was so much fun to do that show. And, and to go back to Shiro, because Shiro, I, I kind of get cast in these hand solo roles all the time, right? Which I'm not complaining about. I love that. Uh, I, I tend to play that, you know, cool pilot guy.
0: his <laughs> name? It did Han Solo. what's <laughs> his name? Oh, Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. You know, look what happened to him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You want to work the wall. Yeah, no, i yeah, it's
1: uh I, I, I play those characters a lot and Phil was kind of the first kind of solo character I got the chance to play. And um uh, so when I yeah, yeah, when I got a chance to play him again I thought this was fantastic. And to play him as this, you know, frustrated kinda wacky yeah. guy who's still trying to be cool was so much fun, you know. And the great lines of the you know, the big monologues he has and and the part where uh, uh, Kamugi, you know, dies in her funeral and you know, <laughs> start, you know...
0: Start. She possesses the office yeah, of those, her revenge. Yeah, and... no, that
1: was really cool. And it's always very fun to work with Jocelyn. She's a... She's a... She's a, the She's Kamugi. She's a... Fantastic. With her. But she did a
0: great Kamugi. Yeah. She really did. Which is funny because you know, show, like, so, show, he cares for both mm-hmm. mm-hmm. little <laughs> right, Uh Let's see, well, uh, I guess that covers most of uh, the roles I was going to ask you about, actually. Yeah. Um, but uh, there is one more that uh, we just briefly touched on earlier, and that was Mega Man Anti-Warrior, right. which uh, personally I write, like Rockman EXE, which was the original mm-hmm. title. I'm a computer guy, so I guess I figured stuff's <laughs> not uh, moving along, so away way for me and back towards you, um, you play played lots of you know, characters on mm-hmm. this show, which must have been neat because it's, it's a bit more cheesy than mm-hmm. the other ones, and so the voices get to be more outlandish. Absolutely. I imagine that's more fun to play. Absolutely.
1: Mega Man, we just finished the show, actually. We just finished recording the last episode, like last week. Uh, and I played the big bad guy on the show with one of the characters, Dr. McGill, mysterious man. And, uh, again, it's fun to play a villain. Uh, but the characters that we got to play, it was like Sue Rain. I would go in there, and Carl would say, okay, so they want you to play this guy, if this he looks like what he got. And I would make up some outlandish voice or accent, and he'd be like, wow, yeah, that's...
0: That's really crazy. We,
1: yeah, that'll work. And you never get a chance to do that, because most of the shows we do are pretty straight, you know, like Gundam Seeds or any of the Gundam shows that I worked on. So, you know, they're regular people. They're normal. But in Mega Man, I mean, they're really over the top a lot of the time. So it, it was great fun to do that show. Um, Mr. Merrick was a hoot, although he, he was in the first series. He, he's, I think he showed up briefly in Anti-Warrior, but uh, mostly it was, it was Dr. Regal that... Uh, it was fun when I'm in Drillman and the others. I forget all the ones I played on the show. Do you feel
0: like you're talking to yourself on your shows? Like, just start talking? You have more than one character, and then you're just talking Well, uh,
1: um, I, I talked about this a little bit at the, at the panel, but on Transformers Energon, Alpha Q had four heads, and so that meant Alpha Q had four voices. And most of my C's were just with myself. So it was me literally talking to myself. So, you know, he'd have a, you know, Alpha Q1 would say, so, you know, what shall we do about this megatron? Well, I think we should, you know, take care of him. We can't do That's just wait, We'll have to talk to Optimus. he was crazy, and I loved it. How we would do it in the studio is... I'd record all of one voice, so I'd record all of Alpha Q1, right? And then I'd record, I'd go back and I'd record all of Alpha Q2 and then 3 and 4, and then they'd cut them together and play them back. So I'd get to watch the scene, it's like, like the Trevor Al show, show. <laughs> All my voices, talking at once. It was cool. been quite a unique experience. You it was yeah. a musician
0: and then all of a sudden, hey, you know, suddenly I'm talking to myself. Yeah, you know, yeah, I'm like, hey, no, yeah. I'm yeah, a yeah, like, star. That that's uh, that is pretty cool how you do that. Does, does it, sometimes is it is difficult? You have got these mouth lines you got to work with, and then you do transformers, and you you know don't have to go and match that. So it you know it. What I'm getting at, I guess, I should say, is do you sometimes find that the restrictions of the mouth flap help make you more creative and make it more challenging and fun? Or uh, do you just sometimes get irritated and you're like, you know, I'm going to go do an episode of Transformers and we'll pick this up tomorrow. That's actually
1: a really good question. Um, uh, Matching the flaps is, is, is all technical acting. Uh, One of the first and most common directions uh, I got when I started was uh, act faster. Uh, Because what you're doing is providing a voice for someone else's interpretation of the character, you don't have full creative control over that character. So, uh, in Prelay, where they animate around us, we can do whatever we want. We can take as much time as we want to get the line out, no matter what we want to do, you know. And they'll animate around that. But in, of course, anime, in dubbing, we have to do what the Japanese artists have, and the Japanese actor who originally played that character have determined that the character is going to be like. So um, it can be frustrating because a lot of the time you're reading the script and you're getting a sense of like, the, the, um, the emotional truth of the scene and you're thinking, wow, you know, uh, you know, I know I'm going to play this. But then you realize you've got five seconds less than you thought you had. And it's really frustrating sometimes to try and maintain that emotional truth within the space of you know three flats. And the
0: patient. Yes,
1: exactly. And that's the other thing too is that um, you know you want to make sure that the dub is going to be uh, realistic and easy to listen to at the end. So you don't have everybody talking really fast because it's, you know it's, it's ridiculous, right? And I remember in the in the seventies when I started watching, i the say that that's how everything was, you know, like the old Battle of the Planets and everything. Yes, yeah. in fact, oh God, here, here
0: we go. You're you top. Let's go Let's go the city. Right, you know, it
1: was just. But uh, now it's gotten quite sophisticated with the technology we have, and, and we're able to uh, do. Of, yeah, it. we, we, we it. have the technology. Yeah. Well,
0: um, we're running short on time, so I apologize for interrupting you. There. That's all right. You seem like you'd be a really great teacher to have for voice actors. Well, thank you. I was going to ask you on um, you know five good points for you know playing voice actors, but we are short on time. But, okay. Uh, so how about top two things you see people make a mistake on real quick? Okay. I'll ask you sure. Last question. Sure.
1: Uh, the most important thing about voice acting is the acting. I think that's something that a lot of people forget about. They think that they can do, uh, because they can do some funny voices, that uh, they're going to have a, a career in the industry. But uh, it's far more important to be a good actor than it is to have a huge repertoire of voices. So having a huge repertoire of voices certainly helps, but without the acting, you've got nothing. Um, and the fact is, either you're born with the innate ability and you're born with the innate understanding of what that means, or you're not. Uh, if you are born with the innate understanding, then you can be trained. And uh, that's how I approach teaching, is uh, if there's people who are sort of inherently active, then I can show them techniques and, and physical techniques to help them create their characters. But if they don't have it, they don't have it. There's nothing I can do. And that's something I tell them right off the bat. First class. And so this is the way it is. Like all the teachers, you're just a catalyst bringing out... That's the exactly them right. Them right. That's exactly right. And that's all you can do, right? So that's the first thing, absolutely, is, is it's about the acting. And uh, the second thing is, is to try and um, always practice. Always, always, always. I mean... Uh, most of us are continuously talking in voices. I'm not doing it now because I'm really tired. <laughs> but most of the time when you listen to a room full of voice actors, it sounds like a loony bin because, you know, everybody's always going off in different voices all the time. But there's a reason for that. It, we are continuously practicing and we're continuously trying to keep ourselves sharp. So, so we, Right, exactly. So, you know, uh, if I'm watching TV and there's some commercial that comes on and someone has a really interesting voice, I'm immediately trying to replicate that voice because... It's just neat to me, right? So I'm always practicing, and I think that's a, that's a huge thing too. Is that if you if you wanna if you wanna work in the industry, you, you have to constantly be holding your skills. So those uh, are the top two well, Then
0: one last quick few, mm-hmm. then we'll wrap things up. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, you're a very busy man with lots of demands, which you <laughs> said, that you're a guest of honor, uh, so you must be worshipped, and then when those three days are over, go back to work. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, one quick question. On uh, the shows that you've worked on, the the American shows I made, mm-hmm. uh, like you said, they record you guys in the studio doing the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes they record your faces mm-hmm. so, so they can get down those mm-hmm. animations well. Um, So have any of the shows that you've been in, that they've done that, have you seen the characters take on some of your features? Yeah, I did,
1: um, uh, that's happened a number of times, we did a a series of movies called uh, Bionicle, and uh, I was in all three of those, and uh, they had a camera in there I think that the, the Bionicle movie was actually so the camera was just sort of, sort of behind the scenes stuff but I did a movie with James Woods called Ark which I don't even think it's been released yet, which is unfortunate but I played the big bad guy on that show, which was really cool mm-hmm. uh, and they did record us in the studio and I saw sort of a first cut of Arc when we went back to do the pickups and uh, it wasn't finished by this imagination but there was enough there that you could see uh, and it was really neat because I could see, I remember when I saw mm-hmm. the characters name was bear Amanda, you know, having these scenes and speaking, I, I, was like me, except, you know, with long white hair and really good looking. Uh, but, uh, which, you know, for those of you who can't see me, that's not at all what I look like, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was really cool to see, uh, to see that. And also I did this game called Sega Soccer Slam and I played like Oh,
0: I've been wanting to try that. Yeah, it's really fun. It's a three on three,
1: super fun, super fast paced. I played like fifteen characters in that show. And I did the motion capture as well for oh, pretty much everybody.
0: Remote, yeah. It was so much
1: fun. And the thing is when you play the game and I'm I, I can see me, yeah, I remember doing those moves, except now I'm like a six foot five Russian guy and then a, a little four foot Scottish guy and you know it's, so yeah, it's really cool.
0: You've probably got to get going. Yes, online. yes, i probably... We appreciate so. you being on the show, and if you would, and we certainly would appreciate it, would you like to go and plug our show in one of your mini
1: character voices? Certainly. Like of character voices? Certainly. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> 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 we are ASO Radio. Bringing the best in anime talk radio Hello to you and all of your loved ones.
0: Once again, a big thanks to you, Mr. <laughs> sure D. Thank you. Uh, I apologize for saying
1: your name wrong. That's all right.
0: And uh, we appreciate you being here. Thank
1: show. you very much. My pleasure. And have a great time here at NDC. Right, I Thank you. Shall
0: indeed. Oh, yeah, yes. Dave. I'll totally take you. Oh, man, I love stock hops, you know. We'll get us a an egg drink and do the great know. I mean, I can dig a day soda.
1: Oh, oh, crap, we're back on. Okay, uh, hi, everybody.
0: Um, no, no, I was not talking dirty with a girl pretending to be from the uh, 1950s. Uh, that was just, that would be perverse. Okay, so, uh, thank you, Mr. Brawl, for providing that time for our interview. Uh, and next week, we are going to feature the first part of our review with Miss Monica Ruyall. For now, however, we have a a set of funnies for you, if you will, our humorous faux commercials, faux meaning fake, Uh, and here's a set of three plus one, as I like to say, of our little ditties. Hey boys and girls, this is the greatest thing to hit your living room. This year, from the Anime Fantastic Club, we have the new Trading Card game, limited to only 500,000 first issues, so get yours while they're still new. And for a special treat, one out of every ten has a brand new gold-plated Dory Decimon card. Wow, this game's so great, I think all other trading collectible card games suck, but now... So, you better head to your nearest toy store and ask for the Trading Card Game from Anime Fanatic. Gentlemen, I welcome you from the future. I'm the official spokesman for Spy Lore. Yes, Spy Lore. The toy company you haven't heard of because it doesn't exist yet. We've come from the past... Well, okay, maybe I should just start over. We've come from the future to the past because in the future we are but a small toy company. But with our advanced technology we will go and decimate all the other video game makers. With our new Spylor Game Station 64000. This new game system is so advanced This will make your eyeballs bleed from overexposure. Our system includes 64,000 bits of processing information in every bus channel. And this, my friends, means that you will get realistic experiences so in-depth, so exciting, so beyond today's technology that in the future, Spylar will be the only company that exists because we will have decimated everybody else with our advanced games, including Spyro the Dragon 87 and Final Fantasy Triple X, exclusively only in the War system, because modern-day computers would take 18 weeks just to boot up the game. So be sure to visit us today at www.spylore.future. Would you like to go and advertise on ASA Radio? It's really easy. All you have to do is give us money, and we'll put your message on the air. Is it really that simple? Yes, it is. But in case you want to go and get more details on how we'll take your hard-earned bucks so that you can get the buying power of our audience at your disposal, uh, just go and visit us and if you're the audience, I, I didn't just say that, uh, at www.nz17.com slash aso slash, oh, asoradio slash advert, and you'll find all the gory details on how your company can maximize your profits by fully virtualizing your targeted audience. At the Goddess Helpline, we believe that everybody on Earth could use a little bit of help, a little bit of help from the goddess. At the Goddess Helpline, we can help you out if you have any wish in your heart that is pure. If you want to go and destroy the world, we can do that. But we don't like dealing with that sort of customer. If you want to order Top Ramen, that can be done. A billionaire? No problem. If you want to win the Indianapolis 500, we can manage that too. Anything's possible with the Goddess Helpline. Remember, our number is 1-800-555-GODDESS. 555-GOT-IT, five, 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 and we'll be right over for an immediate consultation. Well, that does it for this week of a Show Radio. Thank you for joining us for episode 88. And of course, I know some of you out there might be expecting it, and I am one to go and indulge in your desires but from time to time. So being episode 88, you know I couldn't stay away from saying this for too long, so... For all the old school homies out there who was digging the movies in the eighties, eighty-eight miles per hour, eighty-eight miles per hour. That's the only way we can go back to the future. Maybe there's plutonium on every corner market in 1985, but in 1955, you just can't come across it like that. All right, well I think that's enough of that. Um, back to the future reference? Always oh, welcome. All right, so we've come to the end of episode 88. We will have some nice new reviews for you next time, some hopefully solid anime news, uh, and, of course, our review, that's R-E-V-U-E, with Monica Rial. Yes, that's right. The interview with such a lovely thing. All right, well, enough of this. Let's go ahead and say sayonara for episode 88 of ASO Radio. Sayonara! ASA Radio is copyright of nt 17 Productions. ASA Radio is licensed to the general public under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial share Alike license. Additional license is available. For more information, visit us online at www.ng17.com.